Where will hip hop be 30 years from now? I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi-hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking in soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for stripper poles, but no music to think. That's the short-term money that we put in the bank. But the drama's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders in carriage and mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. Grown-ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance. Back in the days, we had talent. Trying to be original was the challenge. Now all these niggas sound the same. And all the beats pound the same. Same cadence, same drums, all that shit sounded lame. 20 niggas trying to sound like Future. And I love rocking Future, but that's not for Future. Think you niggas need a different producer. Hope that bullshit crash your computer. Ain't nothing cool about being a loser. What's up, y'all? You're back here with your host, Brother Malcolm Valley, a.k.a. Brother Eric, a.k.a. Eric Summers, a.k.a. L. Summers. Got a lot of names. Just happy to be back here for another episode uh, of your of the podcast here today. Um, you're tuned in to the Gospel of St. Malcolm podcast. And so um, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about voting. Um, <laughs> it's a topic that's coming up a lot now and I see it all over social media It's all over the news elections are coming up shortly and everybody is talking about the upcoming vote. One thing that I've noticed in the black community since I was a child, since I was young, as early as elementary school, I remember people talking about the importance of voting and go vote. As soon as you're able to vote, go out and vote. And in the black community, when we tell somebody to go vote, what we're really telling them to go do is to go vote for the Democratic Party. That's that's what go vote means in the black community, whether it's the mayoral race. Uh, you know, any of the, the local um, electoral races or whether it's the presidential uh, race. When black people tell you to go vote, they're telling you basically go out and vote for the Democratic Party and make sure that this Republican candidate doesn't get in. That's what go vote means in the black community. Yet. This. Um, urgency that black people have to go out and vote for the Democratic Party, the Democrats show no urgency towards doing anything for black people, whether it's uh, reform in the community, whether it's reparations, whether it's business loans, whether it's anything, the Democratic Party has no urgency to do anything for black people. Yet black people have such urgency and they'll go to the point of shaming people. You get vote, you get voter shamed in the black community. This is the only community where people tell you, oh, if you don't vote, you don't don't complain about anything and blah, 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 blah. Or if you don't vote, then you ain't nothing and don't have an opinion. This is the only community. Where people vote shame and put other people down about voting, 
yet voting has done nothing for the community. The community is still disen- disenfranchised. It's still oppressed. People, the black community is not able to police itself. The stores in the black community are not owned by black people. They're owned by, by outsiders. We have no control over our own communities. We have no control over our own schools and our education. And yet, people's only solution to all of these problems are to go go and vote. And I'm, I'm not saying what I'm about to say here to put down any other group of people that have achieved success for themselves. But if we take a look at the Jewish community who make up a very small popula- percent of the population of the United States, you never hear them talking about go and vote for so-and-so, go and vote for so-and-so. They empower themselves and control their community. And to them, it almost doesn't even matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who's the president because whether the president is Obama or Trump or Biden, guess what? Israel is still going to get money. Israel is still going to get billions, if not trillions of dollars funded uh, into, into their country. It doesn't matter who gets elected. And that's, that's real power. Yet black people are, are stuck here talking about basically vote Democrat and, you know, keep Trump out of the office. One thing that Trump said that I agree with, and I'm not a Trump fan by any means, but one thing that he said to black people that I agree with is that we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. And if you're going to go and vote for the Democratic Party and basically be a political hoe, you should get something out of the deal. You should get something out of the deal besides a sticker that says I voted. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to listen to Brother Malcolm. Who. Talked about the same issue that was happening to black people back in the 60s. It hasn't changed since he said it. And this is why this show. This is why I refer to to Malcolm as the black messiah. This is why the show is referred to as um, the gospel of St. Malcolm. Because this brother spoke so prophetically that decades and decades have passed since since he's passed on and, and joined the ancestor room. And his words still ring so true today. His his words ring so true to this very day. So that's that's why this podcast is named after him. This is why I think we need to study this brother's words and we really need to learn from Brother Malcolm. He was our black messiah as the FBI document said. And so when you have a Messiah that, that God raises up and gives to a people, we really should, we should have protected him and made sure that he, he didn't uh, join the ancestor realm at such an early age and, and, and at a time when we really needed him. But now that he has joined the ancestor realm, we still have his words. We still have his speeches and we need to pull from the prophetic messages that this man was laying down. So what I'm going to do is let me pull up the clip. Give me just a second. I'm a little more prepared today than I normally am. Give me just a second. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play this clip with brother Malcolm talking about the Democrats in this, in this country going to come back. And then I'm going to play another clip from uh, brother Malcolm. And then we'll go ahead and wrap it up for the day. 
22 million black victims of Americanism are waking up and they're gaining a new political consciousness, becoming politically mature. And as they become, uh, develop this political maturity, they're able to see the recent trends in these uh, political elections. They see that the whites are so evenly divided that every time they vote, uh, the race is so close, they have to go back and count the votes all over again. And that, that, which means that any block, any minority that has a block of votes that stick together is in a strategic position. Either way you go, that's who gets it. You're, you're in a position to determine who go to the White House and who stay in the doghouse. You're the one who has that power. You can keep Johnson in Washington, D.C., or you can send him back to his Texas cotton patch. You're the one who sent Kennedy to Washington. You're the one who put the present Democratic administration in Washington, D.C. The whites were evenly divided. It was the fact that you threw 80% of your votes behind the Democrats that put the Democrats in the White House. When you see this, you can see that the Negro vote is the key factor. And despite the fact that you are in a position to, de to be the determining factor, what do you get out of it? The Democrats have been in Washington, D.C. only because of the Negro vote. They've been down there four years. And all other legislation they wanted to bring up, they brought it up and gotten it out of the way, and now they bring up you. And now they bring up you. You put them first and they put you last. Because you're a chump. A political chump. In Washington, D.C., in the House of Representatives, there are 257 who are Democrats. Only 177 are Republicans. In the Senate, there are 67 uh, Democrats. Only 33 are Republicans. The party that you backed controls two-thirds of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and still they can't keep their promise to you, because you're a chump. <laughs> Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government, and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time, and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you are not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Going to pause it right there. Those words right there, they, they speak for themselves. And it's, it's powerful the way Brother Malcolm was breaking this down because it's still so relevant. It's still so relevant to this day. Every everything he said, you could just take it and you could apply it to this time. And it just it just rings true. It's like this brother is is like he's still seeing what's happening today. And it's quite amazing and it's quite sad that we're still in this situation um as a people. Um I'm gonna go ahead and continue playing it and then I'll be back. And what kind of alibi do they come up with? They try and pass the buck to the Dixiecrats. Now, back during the days when you were blind, deaf, and dumb, ignorant, politically immature, 
naturally you went along with that. But today as your eyes come open and you develop political maturity, you're able to see and think for yourself. And you can see that a Dixocrat is nothing but a Democrat in disguise. To look at the structure of the uh, government that controls this country, it's controlled by 16 senatorial committees and 20 congressional committees. Of the 16 senatorial committees that run the government, 10 of them are in the hands of Southern segregationists. Of the 20 congressional committees that run the government, 12 of them in the, are in the hands of Southern segregationists. And they're going to tell you and me that the South lost the war. today have, are in the hands of a government of segregationists, racists, white supremacists, who belong to the Democratic Party but disguise themselves as Dixocrats. A uh, Dixocrat is nothing but a Democrat. Whoever runs the Democrats is also the father of the Dixocrats, and the father of all of them is sitting in the White House. I say and I say it again. You got a president who's nothing but a southern segregationist. From the state of Texas, they'll lynch you in Texas as quick as they'll lynch you in Mississippi. Only in, in Texas, they lynch you with a Texas accent. In Mississippi, they lynch you with a Mississippi accent. And the first thing the cracker does when he comes in power, he takes all the Negro leaders and invites them for a coffee. <laughs> to show that he's all right. And those Uncle Toms can't pass up the coffee. They come away from the coffee table telling you and me that this man is all right. Because <laughs> he's from the South. And since he's from the South, he can deal with the South. And look at the logic that they're using. What about Eastland? He's from the South. Make him the president. He can, if, if Johnson is a good man because he's from Texas, and, it, and being from Texas will enable him to deal with the South, Eastland can deal with the South better than Johnson. When you destroy the power of the Dixocrat, you're destroying the power of the Democratic Party. So how in the world can the Democratic Party in the South actually side with you in sincerity when all of its power is based in the, in the South? These Northern Democrats are in cahoots with the Southern Democrats. They plan a giant con game, a political con game. You know how it goes. One of them, one of them comes to you and make believe he's for you. And he's in cahoots with the other one that's not for you. Why? Because neither one of them is for you. But they got to make you go with one of them or the other. So this is a con game. And this is what they've been doing with you and me all these years. First thing Johnson got off the plane when he became president. He asked, where's Dickie? 
You know who Dickie is? Dickie is old. Southern cracker Richard, Ru Richard Russell. Look here. Yes. Lyndon B. Johnson's best friend is the one who is ahead, who's heading the forces that are filibustering civil rights legislation. You tell me how in the hell is he going to be Johnson's best friend? Can Johnson be his friend and your friend too? No, that man is too cheeky. Especially if his friend is still old Dicky. <laughs> Whenever the Negroes keep the Democrats in power, they're keeping the Dixocrats in power. This is true. A vote for a Democrat is nothing but a vote for a Dixocrat. I know you don't like me saying that. I'm not the kind of person who come here to say what you like. I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. Up here in the North, you have the same thing. The Democratic Party don't, don't do it. Doesn't, they don't do it that way. They got a thing that they call gerrymandering. They, they maneuver you out of power. Even though you can vote, they fix it so you're voting for nobody. <laughs> they got you going and coming. In the South, they're outright political wolves. In the North, they're political foxes. A fox and a wolf are both canine. Both belong to the dog family. Take your choice. You're going to choose a northern dog or a southern dog. Because either dog you choose, I guarantee you, you'll still be in the doghouse. Hey, I read Genesis. All right. So, wow, powerful words. And if you take, you know, from northern to southern and you just reply it to the Republicans being the, the wolves and the Democrats being the foxes, you got the same exact thing happening today where people are like, oh, my gosh, we got to vote Trump out. We got to vote Trump out. And I'm not saying I want Trump to continue to be the president. But it, as Malcolm said, it's like choosing between a fox and the wolf. They're both canine. They're both in the dog family. And either way, that is what what that is. So people are always in the black community since I was a kid. I've always heard people say. Um, you know, well, just go ahead and vote for the lesser of two evils. And in their minds, the lesser of two evils is always the Democratic candidate and not even paying attention to the fact that the lesser of two evils is still evil, but they're willing to engage into it basically for no, no, no benefit. It's almost as if voting is some type of religion. It has to be religious, like because there's no logic to it, because we're not actually getting any benefit from it. So it's almost like it's like a religious thing. It's like a, they have this spiritual belief in voting. But they can't show you any tangible results from going out to the polls and participating in this process. And then on the. On the presidential level, most of them don't even understand the concept of 
electoral votes and and that and how and versus versus the popular vote and how that works because even in the last election there's been a couple elections but even in the last election uh with Hillary and Trump Hillary won the popular vote and then there was an election uh before that between I want to say it was John Kerry no not John Kerry I think John Kerry may have won the popular vote over George Bush as well but I know for sure that Al Gore also won the popular vote over George Bush. And what does popular mean when you say populist or population? Popular means people. So if someone won the popular vote, that means that more people voted for them than that other candidate. But despite the fact that more people voted for them, it didn't matter because of the way that the electoral college system works. And but people people don't even really know much about it or they don't really even acknowledge how that that plays a role because when it comes to at least a presidential election you're not dealing with a direct democracy the process isn't direct you're not voting directly for the candidate so voting is your power take take yourself to the poll blah 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 everybody goes and votes and if you play the game of the electoral college you can still lose and this really a game there's really not really a a justifiable reason to have this electoral college in place really besides to have a way to manipulate who becomes president that's really kind of what it exists for it doesn't exist for any any type of noble reasons so all right guys well that's pretty much it for me today um, I'm going to go ahead and also upload this to YouTube. So guys also go over to my uh, YouTube page as well and uh, follow me on YouTube. I'm going to upload this podcast um, over to YouTube. And what else did I wanted to say? Oh, leave comments and stuff for me on on YouTube, like the, the video on YouTube. And I want to start kind of making these a little bit more interactive. So what I may start doing is I may start live streaming over on YouTube uh, when I do the podcast and make it so that you guys can call in and, you know, give me feedback. Let me know what you think. And then once I'm done um, streaming over on YouTube. I'll upload the podcast here as well. So that's pretty much it for me today. And uh, I'm out. When will hip hop be 30 years from now? I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking the soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for stripper poles, but no music to think. That's the short-term money that we put in the bank. But the genre's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders encouraging, mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. 
grown ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance back in the days we had talent trying to be original was the challenge now all these niggas sound the same and all the beats pound the same same cadence same drums all that shit sounded lame 20 niggas trying to sound like future and i love rocking future but that style is for future then you niggas need a different producer hope that bullshit crash your computer ain't nothing cool about being a loser Thank you.